Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So every year I approach Memorial Day service by copy and pasting what I said last year. And then make sure I don't talk about the same thing like last year. <laughs> but, and yet still talk about the essence of what Memorial Day service represents just from a different angle. Or talk about something that we can do in order to honor those who have fallen. What can we do? What can we do, especially if we don't have someone that we know who has fallen? I don't. You know, I served in the military for almost 20 years. But again, not the same thing, Swiss military, as American military, right? Remember, in Switzerland, we are neutral. Okay? That's why I never talk about politics, because I don't understand American politics, you know, coming from a Swiss mindset. And military is very similar. We don't go out and fight and all that. All we do is we are trained to protect, and we are trained to serve. The military goes out when we have a natural disaster, an avalanche, mudslides and things like that. That's usually when they pull the military in. I was part of that particular branch of the military to lead that as a commander. But we don't really have anyone going out into wars and risking the lives. So in a way, I hardly ever say or talk about military to someone who has served in the US military because I feel like, you know, we never really risked anything, right? Like, I, I served in a branch that took care of all the underground facilities. Switzerland has in their constitution that every citizen in Switzerland has the right, it's a right, for a spot underground safe from nuclear disaster. So imagine how many underground facilities we have. If you think of Gotthard or the, the Alps in Switzerland, most of them are quite hollow, by the way, um, because that's where we put a lot of people. <laughs> in my case, I served in a, in a village as a commander, about 400 soldiers, and, and in the whole valley, we had underground facilities, and then some uh, houses had their own underground facilities and things like that. Some of them fairly simple, others are very complex. But again, in Switzerland, military, when anything happens, we retreat. <laughs> and some of us stand at the border and say, stop, please don't come in, would you? <laughs> you know, almost like Canadians, right? Very friendly, except, you know, we really would prefer if you stayed out of our country, right? So really no comparison. 
But even though we may not have had the experience of maybe a loved one or a friend uh, dying, serving our country, most of us can still relate, can we? We can relate because we may have had loss in our lives. One time, two times, many times, who knows, right? So we can relate and we can empathize and we can create a feeling of compassion for those tomorrow, whose tomorrow's day may be rather difficult. And I envision for all of us that even though with those veterans that I have talked about Memorial Day, they often refute the whole idea that it should be about them because we have Veterans Day later in the year. That is for the veterans. Most veterans I have talked to said, don't make this about me. Make this about those who are no longer here. But what we can do, at least silently, is we can resonate with veterans that, or understand that they may be grieving because they may, may have served in the Gulf War or even in Vietnam and may have lost friends, right? We can at least resonate with that. And this is what we prepared for today as well, our Memorial Day lighting service, where we get to light a candle for someone we knew, a close one, or even if we didn't know someone, just in general, for all those who have given their lives. Now, the one topic I wanted to talk about today is prayer. I want to dive just a little bit into prayer because I just love how unity approaches prayer. Unity takes prayer in a completely different direction where we usually do. And I just want to spend a few minutes to remind us the power of prayer. Because if you are in a position tomorrow, you may go to a cemetery where there are the celebrations and or the, the uh, comm comm what's the word commemorations, where you may mourn, you may honor the lives, whatever it is, and you may be inclined to pray. And so I want to bring this a little bit of life today before we take communion together, recite the Lord's prayer, and then do our lighting ceremony. Probably one of my most favorite ways of looking at prayer is inspired by Meister Eckhart, who said, if the only prayer you said was, thank you, that will be enough. Isn't that powerful? If the only prayer you said was, thank you, that will be enough. If we won't go out there tomorrow, and we may come across a flag, and even if we did not have a clue or know anyone who has fallen, we can look at that flag and collectively just imagine all those people that have given their lives in service, and we can just say, thank you. And that will be enough. Isn't that great? Let's say this together. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. A powerful prayer. I'm inclined to ask, can I get an amen on that? <laughs> amen. Okay, wonderful. So what is prayer? And I'm using Charles Fillmore 
here who defines prayer as follows. Prayer is not supplication or begging, but an affirmation of that which we know is waiting for us. Prayer is an affirmation of that which is in being, or in other words, prayer is what already is. We are not begging. We're not giving away our power. Instead, we are affirming this is what is already true. Right? And it might not yet be a reality in the manifest. It might be something that we have built up our faith. It might be just something that we truly believe. And we affirm that. And then he continues, then why the necessity of the prayer or affirmation if the desire condition already is? Why do we need to pray if what we are affirming already is in place? It's a fair question, isn't it? And he's saying in order that, in order that the creative law of the word may be fulfilled, we must pray. All things are in God as potentialities. It is man's share in the creative process to bring the unmanifest to manifestation. Quite cryptic, isn't it? In simple terms is sometimes what is reality is just in mind and heart. And we all can relate to that, right? Sometimes when we have taken a huge milestone in our lives, it's not just from one second to the other, isn't it? It probably took days, weeks, or even months of preparation. And then finally, we were ready to take the step. So these preparation times, these days, weeks, and months of preparation, when we start to finalize our desires and what we really want in our lives, until we are ready to actually finally get there, that's the unmanifest because it's still up here, it's still in our hearts, but it's not yet reality. And Charles is saying here, we must pray to help move that into reality. So when we prepare something, whether it's changing a job or moving somewhere else, or you know, one of those big decisions, or even the smaller decisions, you know, maybe uh, just buy a new car, or changing our lifestyle, and things like that, something that seems seemingly small, we can use prayer, affirmative prayer, as a way of keep affirming that which we desire until it is realized in this world. And when we take communion together, the body of Christ represents that potential, that God potential, that unmanifest potential, that which we then can take and through affirmation, through the symbol of taking the waver, the, the body of Christ, and just put it underneath our tongue or however your practice is, that is the symbol of acknowledging just that. So prayer is important. Every day, multiple times a day, we affirm we affirm our beauty, we affirm the greatness that we are, we affirm how much 
we can contribute to this world, even if sometimes we have darker times where we don't believe that. If we listen to Gandhi, he's saying something very important that ties into this about prayer. Again, he affirms here, prayer is not asking. We don't ask for anything in prayer. Remember, we're here to serve and to give, first and foremost, and we must do so without expecting anything back. That's the purest form of giving. Prayer is not asking. It is a longing of the soul. I love that one. It's longing. See, the soul longs for the things that we desire. The soul longs to be awakened. The soul longs to know the truth. The soul longs to know who we truly are in the midst of all the chaos that we experience every day. The soul doesn't really care about the nitpicky things that we as humans care about every day, right? The soul doesn't care whether the coffee is too bitter today or whether the milk has turned sour. Soul doesn't really concern itself about that, but what the soul cares about is to long to be free. Because only then we can truly make a beautiful coffee in the morning. That's a little joke. For those who don't know me, I love coffee. And that's what we need. So it is a daily admission of one's weakness. And we got to kind of translate that. I wished I knew or get my hands on the original. Uh, he probably said this in Hindi. Most likely. Maybe he said it in English. But I'm pretty clear he doesn't mean weakness in the traditional sense. He may mean meekness, right? Not weakness, not W, but meekness, which is very different. As Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, let the, the meek are the one who inherit the earth, right? So I think it's more likely what he's talking about is the meekness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart, without a heart. Which really brings me to this beautiful passage that introduces the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's a passage called Concerning Prayer. It's in Matthew chapter 6, five, verses 5 to 15. And it says... Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So tomorrow... It's not about you going out there and standing amongst thousands of flags and looking at hundreds of people and raising your hand and shout out loud your prayers. It's not about that at all. You can do that, sure. But prayer can be just as effective and according to Jesus probably is a lot more effective if it's done in secret, if it's done by turning within, by shutting the door, by communing with the Father, 
by finding that oneness, that peace with God within ourselves. That's when it is powerful. Not a peace, Jesus teaches here, when you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Here you see Gandhi's words here, right? For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Okay. You don't have to pray for two and a half hours. 30 seconds can just be as powerful, if not more. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. God, in its infinite potential and possibility, is in a way all-knowing. And before we even speak the words of prayer to affirm what we truly desire, that is already known in the entire universe. We are only then waking up and get ready to bring it to life. That's why prayer is so important. So then, pray then in this way. And here is a secret. How would you say we usually use the Lord's Prayer in traditional churches? Most of us have grown up in a traditional church. Louder? Yeah. Well, not the exact words, but in terms of how we're doing it, it's kind of like a, almost a road action, isn't it? It's like it's very systematic, and we're doing it exactly the same way. And if you have had an experience just like I had in the Swiss Protestant church, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, and now we do the Lord's Prayer. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And, and this... <clears throat> This ties into how we actually are supposed to pray, okay? So we have the Lord's Prayer here, and this is the King James Version. And <clears throat> what many people do not know, it is actually believed that the Lord's Prayer was never meant to be recited endlessly or mindlessly. It's not meant to just be recited without really being present almost. And I'm not saying that we all are not present or anything like that. Some may, some may not be. But it's really meant as a template of how to pray. But there's a code in here that is telling us something. I'm not going to have too much time to, to reveal the code. You can actually, I, I taught a whole class just on the Lord's Prayer. That's 10 hours of study just on a few lines, because there's so much here. But would you see here, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is recognizing the oneness we have with our Father, with God, or Father, Mother, God, however you are comfortable with relating. The kingdom come, the will be done in earth as it is in heaven, is the way our spirituality and humanity works. Just like I said before, we first imagine it in our minds, in our hearts, and then we learn to bring it into this world. We can imagine the kingdom, we can imagine the Garden of Eden in our lives, perfection, utopia. We can all imagine it and we can learn to manifest it in the world. We can do this individually and we can do this in, together. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread means substance, right? Every day we have the pot potential 
to tap into this infinite potential that we all have access to and do whatever we desire. And then, of course, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Guys, if we don't learn to forgive, why bother, right? Forgiveness, remember, in unity is about letting go the false so that we have clarity in our minds and in our hearts to see the truth. It's a letting go. It's giving up, giving up the resistance, letting go of the anger, the resentment. And I'm not saying it's easy, but ultimately that's what this is. It's a template for prayer. But it's basically saying in every prayer, whether it's spoken out in words or not, we need to learn to let go. To let go of pieces and limitations and things that we just keeps us away from realizing the truth. <clears throat> and then the rest, asking that we're not led in temptation, deliver us from evil, that we learn to do better, and then recognizing again that the kingdom is much greater, but at the same time, we have access to that, okay? We are the ones who hold the key, but we must use the key and turn the lock. No one else will do this ever for us, whether it's another person or another entity or the universe. None of them will ever be able to turn the key to the kingdom. Only we can do that. Only we can take the key, put it in, unlock, and open the doors. And because only we can do that, we also have the power to do that. And we need to remember that that is our power. Let's go to self-awareness, the antidote to stuckness. Quote from Brene Brown. Crazy busy is a great armor. It's a great way for numbing. What a lot of us do is that we stay so busy and so out in front of our lives that the truth of how we're feeling and what we really need can't catch up with us. Anyone feeling that way? Oh, not too many. You're doing awesome. <laughs> okay. I sometimes have so busy days, I don't even know where my head is at until like 8 o'clock at night, except... How did I even get here? And I have the hardest time when I write down my hours that I worked and what I did. Sometimes I have the hardest time even that day to remember what all I did. That's what Brene Brown is talking about. It's not good. And I encourage you and myself tomorrow, yeah, maybe you need a new mattress or a new car or whatever is on sale. You know, we all love our sales on Memorial Day, don't we? Right? But maybe we say, you know what, the mattress can wait for another year, or maybe I keep the car for another year, and instead of going shopping for hours and hours, maybe we do go to a cemetery, or sit outside of our porch and take a moment in peace. What Brene is also saying ties into Rumi's quote here. 
we often run away from things and get so busy because we are not willing to face what's going on with us right now. Which ties into Rumi's famous quote, the cure for pain is in the pain. We will never cure the pain if we keep running away from it. The only way to cure it is to be in it. And that sounds a bit strange, and you need to understand Buddhism a little bit better for that, and some of the Hinduism, and I'm hoping over the next few weeks with exploring Siddhartha and, and Jesus' story, we'll get to talk about this a little bit more. He's also saying good and bad are mixed. If you don't have both, you don't belong with us, which basically is saying don't worry too much about the failures that you had or the mistakes you make. We all have them. It's part of the perfection, as odd as that sounds. And remember, before we move into meditation today, or our ceremony and everything, remember that the simplest prayer you can possibly say is thank you. And that is just enough. Isn't that wonderful? Let's say it together. Thank you. One, two, three. Thank you. See, we already prayed for today. Isn't that wonderful? So let us get into our communion today. Now, I'll have our ushers just look up. So either you got, I don't know why I have two. Do you have one? Larissa, do you have one? Okay. So who needs one still? Oh, okay. My own wife needs one. Hold on. So raise your hand if you need one. And you don't have to participate if you don't. I need one. I gave mine to Rodney. Uh, so if you have one of those, we've been doing communion so much, we forgot that we almost ran out of the little cups. So if you have one of those, there's two cups. I'm going to drive the tech team crazy today because they're trying to follow me with the camera. So if, uh, if you have two cups, you just lift one cup up top one should have the grape juice, and the bottom one has the waiver. I think it's a ginger cookie or lemon cookie, so, right? Vanilla cookie, whatever it is. <clears throat> so you see on the screen, and I mentioned it before, first we take the waiver, and if you're one of those little, you have to kind of like take the top lid off to get to the waiver. And remember, bread means substance, and it means our ability to create whatever we desire, which really is what prayer is all about. So as we take the waiver into our mouths and we remember the body of Christ, we are part of God. We're part of infinite potential, and we're all worthy, ready, and hopefully courageous enough to create whatever we want. The wine or the grape juice means vitality. It means energy. So we bring energy to the things that we desire as we take 
this blood of Christ as it is known together. Now, since we talked about the Lord's Prayer, but just as an exercise before we do the lightning ceremony, let's recite the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm now asking Jason, who is a veteran, to come up on stage. Um, if you've participated in this ceremony, before, then you know that we usually have a veteran come up to the lectern and to chime a little um, singing bowl while we do the ceremony. And then I ask all of us who would like to participate to light the candle for either someone you knew, someone you want to celebrate, someone you want to honor or mourn, and even if you didn't know, just line up in two rows right now. Don't worry about it. Just come, <clears throat> come out, line up. Only if you want to, of course. Larissa will play a little bit of music. And I'm going to do a safety demonstration. Okay? How to light a candle safely. Okay? You take a little stick. You get a little flame going. Then you take a candle and you light the wick on the candle. Blow it out and place it here. Now let's take a moment and just look at the light and remember for whomever you have little light, that light is also within you. They may no longer be among you and yet they still are. By lighting a light candle today, we simply honor the service, the sacrifice, and the courage. But we also remember that that's within us. So let's just a couple of minutes take a, a moment in meditation. <clears throat> you may close your eyes or lower your gaze, whichever is comfortable.
and take whomever you have imagined or honored or mourned today, take them into your hearts. And breathe into that heart space. Allow your heart to expand, honoring, celebrating, commemorating, mourning. It is in these moments when we allow ourselves to turn within and to step back from the busyness of our lives, when we truly tap into the power and the greatness we already are. So with a deep breath, let us bring in the life's energy, the wine, the blood of Christ, if you will, the vitality of all there is and combine it with the infinite potential and possibility that we represent in this world. We are here to give the best version of ourselves that we possibly can. Because the world needs us. The world needs us to expand, to grow, to be true. The world needs us to drop our masks and resistances and limitations and regrets and worries and embarrassment and shame and all the things we hold on to so often and too often. The world needs us to forgive and to let go. Not only do we seek the kingdom, but we already are the kingdom. So in this meditation, which is very much a quiet prayer, we affirm just that. We are the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven already fully realized. And the more often we remember and live that, the more impactful it will be, will our contribution be in this world. The better we can serve, the better we can be true, the better things will change. And whatever we desire, will be fulfilled. So let us close our meditation, our lighting ceremony, our communion, by giving thanks. Remembering Meister Eckert's words that if 
Thank you is the only prayer we can remember that will be enough. So let us say this together quietly or silently or whispering out loud right now together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.